0: Morning. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Good night, standing by.
1: You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This
2: is it,
1: laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing the first episode of Rebels, titled Droids in Distress. So, Tom, why don't you give us the episode rundown?
2: Sure. Uh, tonight, we're going to be reviewing uh, Season 1, Episode 1, Droids in Distress. This was written by Greg Weissman and directed by Stuart Lee. The synopsis is the Rebels intercept a shipment of weapons headed for the Empire. This had a very classic Star Wars opening, and I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a really good kickoff for the half hours coming next.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of laughed because in Clone Wars, every so often we'd get a line, like would say, like, "Oh yes, we have a new hope now," and that, like, that would be the the biggest uh, original trilogy reference you'd get. And this one immediately opened with the Star Destroyer—sorry, the ghost being chased by a Star Destroyer over the top of the camera—that classic Episode Four opening. And not just not to be outdone, they immediately switch to the front camera angle and pull an episode five with the ghost being chased by tie fighters in a star destroyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, was it, it worked really well. Chock
0: full of classic trilogy references. In fact, I even I even noticed uh, later on they lifted a number of lines directly uh, from both the original trilogy and the prequels, really? uh, plus a, a number of references to uh, to other works as well. Uh, which we'll get into in just a minute. Yes. Uh, but the episode starts off with the Rebels running from the Empire and low on credits. I have a feeling this is going to be a theme, right? Yeah, eat, yeah need-
1: it, it just this reminds me of Firefly.
0: I was going to say
1: that same sort of every episode is guys. We're out of money. What do we do now?
0: Yeah, which in, in, in action, it seems like it's the in many ways, the driving factor behind all of their actions right now. Um. In some interviews, I, I've seen that you know, the rebels are supposedly focused on. Uh, they want to, you know, help people at this point. Or uh, they want. They want the 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 crew of the ghost is is focused on helping people. However, at this point, it looks like they've been less focused on helping people. Certainly, when where they can,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and more about. Still, they're in it for the money. At this point, that's at least the right. impression that I get from the, the crew of the ghost.
1: It's very interesting. So in in the first episode, uh, Kanan was a little more altruistic, uh, a little more classic Jedi. Here he was all about, you know what? Yeah, we're we're gonna turn the blasters over to. I'm jumping ahead, but we'll turn the blasters over, and you know what? We'll get paid, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was interesting to see that kind of. Uh, I don't like not dark, but just that uh, complete ambivalence. That canon was showing. Not ambivalent. Well, that's not the right word. It, um, he didn't care. Like, no. it was, let's, the Empire, we hurt the Empire, and we get paid, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Not helping people, but...
0: I, I do suspect that will change as the show goes on, especially based on, you know, the interviews we've seen and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, well, yeah, at this a, point... it's I
1: sense character development.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, you know, just, I was just listening to our, our interview with Vanessa Marshall, which we recorded... Uh, just a couple days ago mm-hmm. and um, you know she was talking about that as well I believe uh, and so yeah I, I yeah. think I think that'll that'll change and we'll get to a point where um, they are driven by trying to help people and, and stop the Empire but right now they're just more running around um, trying to just make sure they eat and have credits at least that's cool. the impression I get for the most part
1: yeah and I, and I kind of like again not to make another Firefly comparison I, I like It'll want not it doesn't need to be dark it doesn't need to be like morally gray but I like when our heroes aren't cut and dried good and bad mm-hmm. like it'll be it'll make for some like yes we know Kanan's a Jedi and we're gonna see him become and act more like a Jedi same for Ezra but eventually he's gonna get to the point where he's going to be a, a Jedi in more than just name it'll be really fun watching him get there
2: well there was a thing you mentioned the ambivalence and all that um There was a certain point in the episode in which you had Ezra saying, when is my Jedi training going to start? And that kind of leads into Kanan, like, I guess his ambivalence where it's like, you know what, I don't want to deal with this right now because we have these other things we have to deal with. We have to make sure, you know, we have food. We have to make sure that, you know, we have money, we have fuel and all the other stuff. So it leads into where they're at at this point with the end of the episode that kind of changes. So you will see a growing period from this point going forward.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. I do have to wonder though if this is less of Kanan not wanting to train Ezra right away, and more uh, of a situation where he's actually trying to watch him and see what he does. I mean, he he was watching him. He had a feeling he would go for the the lightsaber and the holocron in in um, in Spark of Rebellion, and now it seems like he wasn't. In a, we don't know how much time has passed between Spark Rebellion and Droids in Distress. I'm guessing a little bit of time, but not a ton. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, he still has not started training Ezra in, in the ways of the Jedi and how to use the Force and that kind of stuff. And so, what it sounds to me is like maybe he was testing Ezra because once he uses the Force at the end of this episode, he's like, okay, so guess what? Now your training begins.
2: Good point. No, that's a very maybe good it's point coincidence. you brought up. I don't it know. Could. I
1: I don't know. I didn't get a sense of Kanan testing Ezra. I got a sense that he w- legitimately w- wasn't interested in this at this point. Mm. And maybe that's because mm-hmm. he's busy. But I, I feel like at the moment, Kanan's got uh, he's got bigger things on his mind and not yeah. like he's focused on the money. He's focused on keeping the ship running. The rest of it uh, is kind of irrelevant to him right now. Mm-hmm. Well, As I mean, I, you're. I was gonna say so. The the one thing that really struck me in this episode is how often, uh, Kanan calls everyone Specter One, Specter Two, even when they're on the ship and no one else is around. Mm-hmm. It it actually feels really impersonal on Kanan's part that this is the case. Like, can you like imagine walking into your house and seeing like one of your best friends and be like, oh hey hey Specter Two, like that's that's not a name. Or it's not even really like a pet name. It's it's really impersonal. I find that kind of weird for Kanan.
2: Well, I, I kind of took it as it was a code name, and he was doing that because he had C three PO and R two on board. And I would imagine he really doesn't want the real names out there, even though at well, some point did, the real he did names it were even
1: get when they there. weren't around. He did it even when they weren't around, though. That was what was good point was driving me not nuts, but like that was what was really confusing me. Mm-hmm. Like when they first get back on the ship uh, after the. Mm. Uh, before they have the droids, I believe it's still happening. I think now I'm suddenly not sure. I don't know. I guess well, no, I need to rewatch okay. it again. <laughs> but actually, well, kind of going back, going back to the beginning, uh, we noticed in *Spark of Rebellion* that the intro kind of just it throws up the title very abruptly, and we weren't sure if that was going to be a final thing or if it was just because you know it was the first the movie or what. And this episode does the exact same thing. We throw up the title, we get a little bit of uh, music, and off we go. See, so, I
2: have no problem with it. I, I don't? Think it's, no, I don't, because it gets you into the episode.
1: It's, it's an extra, like, 20, 30 seconds you get of actual That is content. true.
0: I mean, I guess I'd rather yeah. have extra story than, um, you know, spending a lot of time So with the intro. But, yeah, when, when I went to the screening at, at Comic-Con, I was like, well, they said it was unfinished. I'm like, oh, well. This is obviously one of the unfinished pieces because they didn't even have credits at that point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we went to the screening again um, right before of um, Rebellion aired. And I added the credits, but they hadn't added the intro. I'm like, that's interesting. Well, maybe that's a little error. And sure enough, it was. And then, of course, the first episode of the series doesn't have it as well.
1: I think it's so, okay. So mm-hmm. uh, there, I don't know if you guys ever watched Stargate SG-1. Um, it no. was a show that it ran for ten seasons, so for a really long time. And so when it came out, it's got that kind of almost classic, like '90s, early 2000s uh, intro, where you know you've got shots of all the different characters with the the names, and it's you know a good you know 45 seconds of intro and music, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And they in the 200th episode, they do kind of like a riff on themselves, where there's a character uh, a character in the show who's making a TV show based on Stargate. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like you know, for the intro parties like you know, they're they're rev- uh, doing like a table read of the episode. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, you, no one does strong intros anymore. You just throw up the title and get on with it, and then <laughs> the show cuts immediately to title and and gets on with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's just, I think that's just the modern trend now that TV shows tend to do that. Don't waste time or money on an intro sequence. Throw it up. Make the show a little bit longer or air more ads or you know whatever it's going to be. True. And it's it's kind of disappointing because Star Wars. You know, has always had a really good opening sequence of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it doesn't look like Rebels will have that.
2: Well, but maybe this is the mark of Disney leaving on the Star Wars universe since mm-hmm. it's now different. This is how we're going to portray it compared to what's been done before. Confirmed well,
1: it was Star
0: Wars hey. Episode 7 We'll start with Star Wars. <laughs> <And> that's it.
2: <laughs> y- you know what? You never know uh, because they can't use the 20th Century Fox, which that's the thing I'm you know, going to miss. That's going to make me so sad. I, I know it's you're you're going to miss that, that fanfare and then the uh-huh. dead silence. You know, are you going to get the standard Disney opening with the castle? Like, take a look at what um, take a look at what the Walt Disney Company did with Tron at the beginning, where you had the castle that went to the the digital aspect. Are we going to get a castle that's going to do what? Before you get a long time ago it's in Galaxy far, far Destroyer. away. Star Destroyer. Oh, that would hurt.
1: <laughs> I, I, I agree.
2: I know, Actually, but
1: speaking of uh Star Wars, so the episode starts off. Our crew decides to take a job uh, after escaping from the Empire, and this job requires a heist of stealing uh, some some parts that we'll discover later. And so we board a shuttle who's piloted by a very familiar little robot that Disney fans might be aware of.
2: Welcome aboard. I'm Captain Rex from the cockpit.
1: That was
0: so was, cool. Just, None other than Captain Rex from Star <laughs> Tours.
1: I, I laughed. It's like, oh, my God, it's Rex. And then they yep. jump to hyperspace and they do the yep. shot.
0: Yes, like, exactly. I was right there. Shot. Well, was so but, and, be,
1: and being,
0: it was so great. And it it's better. huh. Tom?
2: Being the Disney geek that I am, I swear the music had a tinge. Oh no, totally of the original. Yes, totally the tinge did. of the original Star Tours music. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" I was it, looking it, for like the seats. I was yeah. looking for any anything else in there so, that looked like it was a Star Speeder three thousand, even even more than Were that. not
1: driving this, Like, I, so I haven't been on the new Star Tours. Is that the Speeder that is in the actual?
2: No, uh, no, no, the, the star That's speeder good. looks exactly the same as it did before. The o- The other thing I was missing when they when they did the call sign for the ship, uh-huh. I was I missed and I do miss this because I think they'd still do it. The 1401, which is the call sign for the star Speeder. Yes, when you get but notice that they said um, this was
0: um, this was ST. star commuter flight ST45. The flight designation of Star Tours to the forest moon of Endor was ST forty five.
2: Oh, so they, they really uh,
0: do reference so, you know so it's 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 a flight number instead of the 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 shuttle's shuttle. designation, right? Yeah. Um, actor Paul Rubens uh, that was the Actually part. reprised his role as Rex. Is it? Yes. It was the
2: same. Voice? It was the it same actor. Me. I checked. Yeah, I, I checked, checked the credits well. at the end. It was Paul Ruben. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
0: so he rep- he, rep- he reprised his role. They had the very similar music. They had the camera angle. They had, yeah. you know, Rex RX24 there. Uh, so this means
1: the that Star Tours is, is now canon, right? There's there's an actual Star Tours service in the galaxy that you know has new droids that. I always,
2: thought it, I always thought it was canon for as long as it's been there.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, no, not the first one. I spent many, many hours discussing how the first Star Tours could or could not be canon. Because there's a Death Star that shows up, and it doesn't match either of the okay, Death Stars I, okay,
2: I, I, from the original okay, movies. Okay, I, I agree. I agree. I, okay, I agree.
1: I spent far more time than I'm willing to admit. Actually, that's not true. I'm willing to admit it. But it was really. really oh fun no, to I think
2: that. I I think Stephen, I have spent far. Well, you discussing it, me on the actual ride. I've spent far more time on that ride. Oh, I and love the that class, ride. My my son, my son wants to kill me every time I get in the new Star Tours. I sit there and go, "Hi, this is Captain Rex from the cockpit. I know this is your first flight, and it's mine too." And he looks at me and goes, No, you got to do that." No, and it's and
1: then like the head bob, and it's mine too.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. That's the only so, thing we
1: actually missed from this episode.
0: The only thing he didn't say was, "I know yeah, it's my first flight too." <laughs> that would have right. been
1: amazing. I, I
0: really enjoyed it, though. I yeah. loved it. I um, loved it.
2: But the one thing we did get in this is we got to see two old friends that came into this into this ship. Exactly. Not only did we get Rex, our old
0: friend from Star Tours, but we got... A better friend. R2D2 and C3PO. Yes. Uh, they walk in with uh, Minister Macath, uh Tua and the Aquilish, uh, Mr. Amdo Wabo. Boy, those are mouthfuls. They are, yeah. Uh, Minister Tua uh, apparently is in possession of R2-D2 and C-3PO at this point. And uh, she's making some sort of deal with uh, Mr. Wabo. And and she has the droids translating for her. It's not quite clear why R2 is along, but C-3PO obviously is there for for translation. Mm -hmm. And they board the same shuttle... That uh, bound for Garel, that uh, the crew of the Ghost is on, and um, I, and some interesting um, some Interaction.
1: interesting
0: interactions. Well, ensue. Yeah. So
1: first, the crew of the Ghost also board the shuttle, but they're all kind of they're acting like they're not part of a group. Uh, you've got Ezra and Chopper, Chopper being the uh, disruptive presence that he apparently is.
2: Oh uh, boy, was he disruptive! Very man. disruptive. Yeah.
1: Getting, uh pretending to be annoyed by the existence of Chopper and his rudeness. Chopper's shocking everyone. Did you notice that Zeb said, how wooed, to Chopper? Yes. Yes, uh, straight I missed that. That was straight-up
0: lifted Jar Jar quote. Like, yes, it I can't was. They actually quoted Jar Jar, which surprised me.
2: You, um, you gotta love I'm, Jar Jar. As
0: much as people hate him. How wooed. I like my Jar Jar quotes, but um Yeah. It was definitely a surprise to hear Zeb, of all people, quote Jar Jar.
1: But it was, it was really fun watching the crew of the Ghost kind of pull, this, pull one over on the Minister, from Chopper acting up and getting the uh, C-3PO sent to the back. The whole uh, thing Ezra... was a giant fun. Oh, yes, it, was. It, it was fantastic to watch. Like, yeah. it, it's the sort of interaction you want to see out of a crew of misfits like this.
0: Yep. Yeah, so you know they're, they're all pretending to argue, and they, they get all the droids sent to the back of the ship as Mm. you mentioned.
2: Which Uh the nice thing about that was it was using galactic regulations to put them in the back of the ship. So there was no argument from the Minister of the Galactic, whatever she was. She couldn't argue against it because it was the galactic rules.
1: Right. uh, So uh, hang on. This sounds like we are priming for a droids rights rebellion right here. (laughs) (laughs) Sending droids to the back of the bus? That is not okay.
0: Yep that'll be uh, the next episode but no um that was yeah
2: uh sorry i, I completely lost where i was okay. sorry so, uh, so so basically after after the droids get sent to the back of the starship oh no yeah before have, that though you know a secret oh, go is, like,
0: is like is all you know um uh, he, he gets set back to the ship he's like you can't do that you know i'm fluent in over six million forms of communication and i love the little animation when master Tua, i i'm sorry minister Tua kind of puts her head in her hands like oh yeah here we go again he's got uh-huh. on his whole spiel um i i enjoyed that and then of course um as they're walking to the back 3po even says secret mission What secret mission to r2 uh, which i felt was a little bit a little, little obvious a little bit uh like playing it playing their hand too much but yeah. um yeah again more more direct quotes from the films mm-hmm Sorry, you were so you were saying so they get sent to the back end.
2: Well, yeah, they get sent to the back. So it's Zeb and Sabine manage to kind of get their way into the conversation. Now that I like Streep I like Zeb,
1: the way he butts in is like I'm sorry, I couldn't help but over here. My friend mm. here, she she's too embarrassed to say it, but she's actually a level five student at the Imperial Academy. And, and ah.
2: by the way, you almost want to say, don't mind her Mandalorian armor. She looks was, really yeah. cute the way yeah, she that was. Yeah, that's not much of a
1: school uniform, but...
2: <laughs> yeah. I was you know, but
1: she... how, how old is Sabine that she could be mistaken for a well, student?
0: Ezra's 14. I forget Sabine's age. I want to say she's like 16, maybe.
1: Really? She's that young? I think really? so. I, if I okay. had to guess, I, I don't...
0: I, I believe they've said it in the past. I honestly cannot remember.
1: Yep. Um, Interesting. I we, but, we should look that up at some point because I'm oh, really.
2: I was 16. imagining her being like you know twenty She's
1: twenty 16, huh? twenty yeah. somewhere. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That makes her and Ezra a lot more possible. Because well, I so I, I I read that.
0: Ad me. <laughs> yeah,
1: well. So I read the scene in Spark of Rebellion as Sabine saying, oh, that's kind of cute. You're you're like 10. Right. And Again, I mean, it's not like Star Wars hasn't done that before, but I did not read that as there even being a possibility there. Interesting. Could be. Very Could be going
2: forward. But, but yeah. And- but the interesting thing on top of that, you have Sabine basically trying to translate what's going to happen with this transaction of where it's going to be. And flat you know, out lies. Flat out lies.
1: I Says, I, I, lo- I didn't even know she lied at first. Like she she translate just right that I because w- I wasn't sure what their play was yet. Right. She's like, oh yeah, the you know the you know, docking bay seven, of course. And then we find out later that not actually docking bay seven, but again, getting ahead that of
0: myself. Docking bay seventeen. Yeah. Um. So you know they they land on Garel, and um. You know the rebels head head straight for bay seven while uh the minister and her uh team goes over to base seventeen. Uh and I I loved the music in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh and once again we got Ezra crawling through ducks, which seems to be a trend I lately. I know. Uh, I wonder how I mean, often that's in, the, in Spark of Rebellion and the Utapau arc yeah and Uda, I was this, gonna say the
2: same thing. The Utapau arc they're always in air vents.
0: Yeah, and they're still doing that. Yep. Uh but Ezra lets them in and of course you know
2: I have to say one thing, which is uh-huh. a really nice little touch. When Ezra comes out of the vent, when he hits the floor, he falls. Oh, you're right. Yes. I. That's a great little animation touch because you know what? It, it proves a couple of things. One, he's a kid. Two, you'd expect it. And three, a Jedi wouldn't have done that. <laughs> so it shows he doesn't have the training.
1: True enough. And we get that great line, which was in the trailers. But Ezra opens the door for the rest of the crew, and he's like, "See, was there ever any doubt?" And both Sabine and uh, Zeb and Unison just, "Yep, yes." Sorry.
0: Yep. Um, so they find out that the uh, the secret, the cargo that they were trying to steal is a whole bunch of uh, T seven ion disruptors, which have been banned by the Senate. Um, And apparently there's this whole backstory about how um, Zeb's uh, people uh, were were shot by these these weapons and and, you know, uh, well,
1: it seems like that whole planet. uh, Yeah, let's not let's not gloss this over. Excuse me. Yeah, as the as the 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 podcast that is focused on canon, this is pretty big.
0: Yeah. so we find
1: Yeah, so we find out that Zeb, I don't do we have the name in here of his planet by chance?
0: Uh home. he is no it's right here. It's starts with an S. Come on.
1: Starts with an S. I thought it started with an L.
0: Uh, L. Maybe it's an L. Hold on. Almost there. Almost there. Lasat.
1: It had an S in the middle. Yeah, yeah there um, you go. So we find out Zeb is from Lassat and one of the few remaining uh of his people. They were all wiped out by the Empire, and we later find out by Callus, which mm, is a very destroyed and, and uh, it's a
2: empire. Great scene. So,
1: yeah, but it's okay. so we find we find out that a lot about zeb's uh backstory in this episode, which I thought was really cool, uh given that you know he's brand new,
0: yeah, and you know what the more I see of Zeb, the more I like him he's a yeah i i i I, oh, I like all the characters, but um zeb is zeb is yeah, really yeah. cool he's uh, and, you know, and he always has like the best fight scenes too, mm-hmm. you know, uh the last time. One of my favorite moments uh, in the premiere was, you know, when he's pretending to be a prisoner. He's like, oh, forget it. And this time, you know, uh, the minister figures out what's going on. And they all they are like, oh, wait, base 17, base seven are easily confused. So they very quickly figure out where the rebels are um, and then uh, and and show up. And the stormtroopers arrive in this really cool formation. Now, um, this goes the, to wait, prove
2: another th- This goes to prove another thing about stormtroopers. They still can't hit the side of a barn.
0: No, because, you know, Zeb's walking toward him. He's like,
2: yeah, I'm not doing anything. No
0: big deal. They start to run past him. And that's when he picks up the stormtroopers and throws them and basically knocks down all the rest like bowling pins. Yeah. Of course, they all get up and a big firefight ensues.
1: I hope we don't continue to see the stormtroopers be that inept because it it doesn't. Doesn't uh, reflect well on the empire that you literally can't no. hit the giant purple guy two feet in front of you. Right. It, no, it was I, a very fun fight scene watching Zeb take them down by hand, but I we need to we need to feel that the the stormtroopers are threatening. There's right. You know, there. <laughs> in the words of Obi Wan Kenobi, only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise.
0: <laughs> Maybe he meant that ironically,
2: and and <laughs> precise in well, missing.
1: Um. So the thing is, like, when you think about all the times we see stormtroopers, there's, one t- there's only one set sequence where they're actually imprecise. And that's on in episode four, when Darth Vader and Tarkin are letting them escape. When the like, stormtroopers show up in episode five, they're pretty good shots. No, you're like, right. Both on Hoth and investment. Yep. Same yep. for when they're on the moon of Endor. It's only when the heroes are being allowed to escape that they're bad shots.
0: That's true. And Very I get that there,
1: there are jokes around that you can't see out of their helmets and they're bad shots, you know, et cetera. But we, okay. they, they're the shock troops. They're the elite of the elite. Let's see it.
2: Okay, now These remember, aren't battle
1: droids to be made fun of.
2: Okay, but now remember, these are new helmets on guys who have never worn them before. Go back to the blooper reel where you saw Stormtroopers in the original Star Wars movie. Those actors are running into things because they can't see out of the helmets. So could be the same thing here. New guys within helmets. They can't see Possibly. as they go on the helmets for on, like 10 years better. now. Oh, you got to give them a break. No, <laughs> I'm trying to make up some kind of excuse to help these poor guys out.
1: <laughs> so, well, so our the crew of the ghost? We get they get the blasters. They get R2 and 3PO, who for some reason just kind of bored the ghost confidently. No, so and, that, that part was interesting. Right? Yes, because Before I you, think.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Before go. you move on too much from, from that. Um, you know, R2 is proceeding confidently and C3 is just following, following along. And mm-hmm. he says something to the effect of like following that droid, referring to Chopper. Well, he certainly seems to be on a mission. Which one was that was kind of an mm-hmm. odd comment for three PO like he didn't know that Chopper was with the rest of the crew, mm-hmm. even though I'm pretty sure the minister called that out like a couple minutes before. Oh my gosh. Chopper was with the was on the ship and he was with the guys that were lying to us so because he's fighting with R2 obviously they lied and let's go to base 7 um so C-3PO decides well Chopper's on a mission and that's about that that's about it and the the, they just they board the ghost that's it like they just oh let's just board the ship that's running away with our weapons um Kind of but an I, interesting yeah, thing there, but and an they get on the approach. ship, right? And this is a funny moment, even though I thought it was kind of strange that R2, and, at least C3PO didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they walk, they get on the, they got on board the ship, a stranger's ship and C3PO's like we were attacked by thieves and Kanan walks in behind him and he looks over his shoulders like uh oh, that's the thieves. Those are, are like, the thieves. we're doomed. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and you get like the uh, a, a nice little we're doomed musical cue and c 3 like, oh Um, so that part was kind of interesting. Um, I'm not exactly sure why they boarded the ship. I guess, you know, R. 2s on a mission. He's he decided to board the ship and C. Three Po in typical Three Po fashion decided to follow along.
2: Well, always remember, R. Two's got a mind of his own. Yeah. So R. Two, if he's been given well, and maybe an ulterior motive. I know I was going to get to that, which there's no spoilers, but there's no. there's a reason why he did that.
0: Exactly. Uh, I did want to call out two more things regarding uh, 3PO and R2 before we uh, continue on, though, with the... Mm-hmm. Sorry, let's, let's inject real quick. One, I love the use of the droids theme Yep. Um, in this episode. Uh, that was really cool, uh, especially in, in this scene here. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, what did you think of the design of R2-D2 and C-3PO?
2: R2-D2, to me, looked the same. C-3PO, I think... He looked C-3PO, a little
1: uh, to me. Not a lot, just enough that he didn't seem quite right.
2: There was something about his head to where it wasn't totally squir- uh, round on top. It seemed like there was just a little bit to, to C-3PO on the top that kind of came to a point. Um, just a little bit, not a lot. And that must have been thrown back to the, the Ralph McQuarrie artwork. Because uh, I thought... I thought going back to the shuttle with Captain Rex with the droids that are in the back, I thought that the droid that was behind R2 because you had C3PO on the left, R2 is on the right, chopper natural is on the left because they were fighting in the back there was another droid behind r 2 that I swear looked like it was a droid out of the uh, the Macquarie artwork that was supposed to I be an original so. design for R. yeah, but it looked like it was supposed to be the original design for c3PO that was the droid that was there so that's what I saw Steven, and that's kind of what I any, any thoughts on their design cuz I feel like
0: these are major characters we've seen all the time. I mean, on An- and, and Anthony 3PO? Daniels has been in pretty much every Star so, Wars mm-hmm. story.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm well aware. But <laughs> so R2 looked fine to me. I did, I didn't notice anything off with him. I feel like these are leading questions and I don't know where you're going. But okay. we'll find out.
0: I'm just curious but, so, to get your 3PO, thoughts for R2
1: he looked so he he was a little more for lack of a better word, rounded than I am used to him being. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know if I could place it in the same way that the characters are kind of tubular in their design, C-3PO was as well. And it mm-hmm. was more apparent on him, on a, on the droid, than it was on the other characters, that, like, the extra layer of stylizing, if that makes sense.
0: That yeah, makes sense. so, I, I felt like, I don't know, In in the Clone Wars, I liked the way Three PO looked obviously he looks great in the movies. I felt like in Rebels he was supposed he was very gold, but he was very flat. And yet, despite how flat he was, he didn't have much of a. He was also very shiny as well. It, I, it's kind of hard to describe. I don't know. Even R two seemed a, a little bit off the character design. A little bit. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not exactly sure the way to describe. They're kind of like shiny and muted at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. And well, so I thought that, it was a little yeah, that, i mean that's ezra's hair that's
0: that is true that is in terms true of
1: the specular mapping I feel like rebels has a little bit of work to to do yeah like I, I but love, i feel like it was I especially
0: apparent in with r d two and c three but they just kind of bothered me mm-hmm. unfortunately i don't yeah, know I didn't notice anything like that i don't know but uh, you know what I actually grew used to it, so it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. in the long run mm-hmm
1: so the minister calls Callus and informs him that the blasters were not only stolen, but that uh, I don't—I was gonna say they're gonna stolen, and they were stolen by people. That's kind of obvious. Uh, yeah. But and and Callus is like, "Yes, tell me more. Was there a big purple guy with them?" Oh, sorry. The minister's like, "Yes," and there was a big purple guy, and Callus is like. Hmm, I wonder how many big purple guys I've seen lately.
2: Okay, do you get the feeling that this minister this was the first time she's ever been robbed and has absolutely no idea how to report a crime?
1: Because <laughs> uh, it is bit. the
2: Empire. Stuff like this is not supposed to happen to her. Cause, you know, yeah, the Empire to have...
1: is supposed to do all the stealing. What's up with absolutely.
2: that? I know, it's like, my God, somebody stole from the Empire who stole from somebody else.
1: Yeah. Uh, but that brings you know our our overarching villain into the into the fold, and he starts looking for the rebels, uh, and so the rebels arrive at uh, Lothal again. They, we meet Visago the Deveronian, who immediately rips them off. I you know you mm. kind of wonder why you do business with them. Give him credit; because the Empire shows up. Well, I, supp- I, because mean, I suppose. I mean, who called the Empire? Who oh, called Talos? C three C three you so, took it. At some point, Bail Organa... Sorry, that's kind of a spoiler. Um, not <laughs> at not. some point, whoever owns C-3PO and sends him on these secret missions should really tell him that he's on a secret mission yes. so that this can stop happening.
0: Because he, he calls up... He tries to call up Governor Price, who I presume is the governor of Lawful,
1: yep.
0: and gets the call gets rerouted to Callus, and he's like, we've been kidnapped by thieves. Here's our coordinates. And of course... <sighs> Callus, this is, this is after R2-D2 says, oh, by the way, my real mission was to make sure the T-7s never reach the Empire, and my master will pay handsomely for them. Right. And and 3 was like, we've been kidnapped. Um. Hey, 3PO, you walked onto the ship. Yes, and, you did.
1: 3PO um, uh, needs a little bit of uh, help here. Yeah, well, I, I
0: love 3PO. I really do. But come on, Mr. Threep, come on.
1: Mr. Threep, Mr. yeah, Threep. Is, is that what his friends call him? Mr. Threep.
0: That is what I'm. Okay, so if I remember correctly, it was Jason and Jaina called 3PO Mr. Threep in some of the EU books. You don't remember this? I don't remember no, it at because
1: all. it's not canon, William. Yeah, it's that's legends.
0: Right, it's <laughs> legends. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I there you go. I called him Mr. Threep. Deal with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> in the legends. So anyway, he, Visago runs off with half the shipment. Before paying for
1: it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which really seems rude. I, I don't think the Rebels, our crew, the Ghost, should be doing business with him because he does not seem like the type of guy you want to do business with. You yeah. would think they
2: would have learned Although, that the again, last time
1: kind of business with Although, ma- again, kind of making those Firefly connections. This is, I, again, one of those things that's kind of straight out of Firefly where, oh, we, we did the job, now pay us. No, you brought the law with you. We can't pay you.
2: Okay, and but I know so, who uh, they need to bring in if they need to deal with somebody else. Oh, God, I forgot his name. It was right there. Uh,
1: so the Inquisitor? I know, I was doing so well. What? The Inquisitor?
2: No, they don't bring in the Inquisitor. They need to bring in... Oh, God, even I see peel? him on the tip of my tongue. What? Even Peel? Not even... Oh, God, yeah. Even. I don't, peel? Even peel. Like, I thought, I don't know what you're going for. From... Okay. From Clone Wars, who's uh-huh. our favorite, favorite Hondo
1: there you bring go. in
2: Hondo. They need to start dealing with Hondo now because is
1: yeah, an honorable who, sort of dude. Kind very of.
2: honorable. Who can come up with a but, 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 but. I mean, come on, you got to bring him in.
0: Yeah, he would do I, a lot I, better here. I than, do love uh, Hondo, do so but much better. I have a feeling that Visago
1: is our rebel. Yeah, Hondo,
0: so I, yeah, yeah, I think he's see him.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully he, we make him a little more interesting as the show goes on. He, he feels kind of flat at the moment. He's no Hondo. No uh, he, he
2: feels he feels in a 3D world he feels very two-dimensional
1: <laughs> oh. Ah. oh, those animation jokes, Tom to you well,
2: but when the Empire shows up, I have to say, I am really liking the ship they're showing up with because it's very oh, it's showing I love that ship. I, I love the ship because it's showing it does so much more than just carry tie fighters and prisoners. It can also carry walkers, and it seems like on the bottom of that ship that nice little upshot, it's almost like there's magnets there that it can carry whatever. And just be a drop ship down below. Mm-hmm. Just the coolest thing.
1: Well, it's it's the I don't actually have a good example on the tip of my tongue. It's it's like the pickup truck of the Empire. Yes. Like you, if you need a job done, this is the ship you use. It's got like you can carry people, you can carry ships, you can carry TIE fighters, you can carry walkers, whatever you need, we'll deliver it to you.
2: Now wouldn't that make a great Lego?
1: Don't don't get me started.
2: I know. I know. do se-
1: we have seen leaks of the uh, early 2015?
2: I don't think they're weekend. leaks. I think those were official because we actually linked on the Facebook page.
1: Yeah, no, oh, I linked. It. No, they're 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 not official. They were the pictures are official, but they were leaked. Oh, okay. I suppose we don't we don't normally post leaks, but I was excited. So yeah, I, so, I,
2: so was I. I.
1: So <laughs> Anyway, right. but
2: yeah, uh, b- back to the episode. Uh, so three PO. The funny thing was, you have these stormtroopers dropping out of the dropship, and what does three PO do? He's running to join the stormtroopers and they're firing at him. Oh, 3PO. Yeah. So
1: but I'll, I'll say it. 3PO, like if if 3PO continues to be handled in this way in Rebels, if he shows up again, hmm. they will make him the Jar Jar of Rebels. And I don't mean that in a good way. Yeah. You know, I, I, so I, C-3PO is always meant C-3PO. to be this sort of like slightly childish humor. Like, oh, he made a dumb mistake. But there's a line that, that I think he crossed in this episode where you start to say, eh, we might be going a little far here. Mm-hmm. Like three PO, it makes mistakes. He doesn't make that many mistakes though. No, the jar jar well, effect,
2: but also realize at this point of his programming, we didn't see it, but he did supposedly get the memory wipe at the end of episode three. Yes. R2 is the only one sure. that didn't. So you could give him a little bit of leeway in the writing, but I would agree with you that they can't keep this up because that's not 3PO.
1: Mm.
2: Are you attributing this to memory loss? (laughs) If you had your memory wiped, don't you think that would be memory loss? I'm imagining
1: a horrible holocom commercial now. Like, are your loved ones forgetting things? (laughs) Does your (laughs) joy get
0: on strangers' ships and then claim he's been kidnapped?
1: Well, we have the product for you. (laughs) Call within the next... 30 galactic minutes, and you can get two twice the. the, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The pills, the virus, whatever.
2: Twice the USB
1: sticks of healingness. Yeah. I don't know. Do Star Wars droids have USB ports? They must. Uh,
2: They they could have SD slots. Just throw in a couple SD slots.
0: So the uh, the umpire arrives, drops the walkers. Uh, Cannon takes the or drops two walkers. Cannon takes the first one down almost immediately with a shot from the ion disruptor, which had a really cool um, rainbow colored effect. Almost like a, uh, basically lit up like a Christmas tree.
2: Yeah, that was actually really cool,
0: which is cool. We haven't really seen that kind of shot before uh, in uh, in Star Wars. Yeah. And then uh, that's when Zeb gets into this uh, bow rifle duel. With, yeah, and, uh, and
1: some more background. With uh, yeah, The yep. weapon he wields, I always thought it was just kind of a makeshift weapon. Uh, it mm-hmm. is actually a ceremonial weapon of his people. And I'm really curious to find out what Zeb's story is, because it didn't sound yes. like every one of his people has one. It sounded like it was something special.
2: It seemed and like it was an honor guard. Only an honor yeah, guard exactly. wielded that one that Callus had. And it seemed like Callus actually killed one of Zeb's people to get that weapon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Kalos, we find out, ordered an attack on all of Zeb's people. Oh, that's no, true. He was the one funny. who ordered this, these disruptors, disruptors get used on them.
2: Yeah.
1: Horrible. But, yeah, that's so I I person. wonder if we'll get a connection to those weapons with uh, the Magna Guard uh, weapons from the original trilogy. Uh, not the original trilogy, from the prequel trilogy in Clone Wars. Because they're very similar. So I always assumed Zeb they was are. using a like a version of that weapon he found, but it might be more than that is what I'm kind of reading out of this.
2: It looks it looks like it's more than that because he does use that as an actual uh, blaster every once in a while. So it looks like it's dual purpose.
1: True. Yeah. I, I really want to know more about it and about Zeb's history. I want to know about all of their history, but it's yeah. nice that even in this first episode, they're, they're giving us this sort of uh, content. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to wait a really long time or fans have to ask and, only slowly does stuff like this get revealed. But we're getting it really soon, which is awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the the thing about the fight between Kalos and Zeb, it it, I have to say the animation from that was really cool. I, I'm I kind of liking the thing about you're not expecting a lightsaber to be... Well, I know it's the first real episode. But you're not seeing a lot of use of the lightsaber because even Kanan doesn't use it. But yeah. Zeb, to wield his weapon and to fight somebody with the other weapon back and forth, mm-hmm. if that keeps up, that's going to be a lot a fun to watch but at the end of the fight it was to a point to where Zeb actually looked like he was going to get a death blow from um uh Callus cuz Callus had him Callus knocked him down Callus mm-hmm. was literally sitting there getting ready to just take that that blow to him but Zeb got saved what I that
1: completely... that last minute Ezra no oh that's right there you go and force pushing Callus a little stereotypical, but, but I'll allow it.
2: But it the thing that was fascinating about that was it was the shock on Ezra's face. There was like, oh, my God, I was able to do this.
0: Yeah, that's the part I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, he was actually surprised
0: that he was able to use the force. And uh, Zeb didn't even notice. He thought it was Kanan at first, and thanks Kanan. Mm-hmm. And Kanan's like, no, that was Ezra. And that the look on Zeb's face, and he realizes that it was Ezra who saved him was, was great. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, well, you know, once that happens, they they quickly take out the rest of the stormtroopers. They they blow up the rest of the dis- disruptors. Um, and uh, and and Ken's like, okay, well, Ezra, um, your formal Jedi training begins tomorrow. Um, and based on the title of the next episode, I have a feeling it'll be. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The the episode after next, we'll probably get some. Uh. Some, Some Jedi training Jedi, out of Jedi it. Jedi training. Yeah. Uh, now. But before that, this, the uh, the end of the episode.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, this is. The this ghost is where drops it, off our droids with their owners.
2: Which I thought was very cool. Because you see the ghost docked with a rebel blockade runner. Oh, that was so and cool. who happens to be inside? Who happens to be inside that rebel blockade runner? But none other than, let's say it, somebody. Bail Organa. Was, uh, I
1: was really excited. To uh, see and not Organa, only was it Bail Organa,
0: it, they were in the classic hallway. Yep. You know, that you see at the end of episode three in the beginning of episode four. And, you know, it's just Kanan in the hallway and, um, uh, he's Bail Organa paying, uh, Kanan, the reward for destroying all the weapons and you get the classic music and, uh, you know, Bail Organa talking about how he's very fond of the droid. It was just such mm-hmm. a great scene. And we got uh, Phil Lamar's bet was back to voice uh, Bail Organa. Uh, Phil Lamar, of course, uh, voiced him in the Clone Wars. Um, so, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed that that scene yeah. quite a bit.
2: Well, there there was the the really nice little touch they threw in there was the Bail quote. He quoted a Jedi saying that is the simplest gesture of kindness can bring a galaxy hope. And it was fun how you had Kanan sat there and say, Wait, that's a Jedi. But Bale kind of cut him off by putting his arm on his shoulder. So it was almost like Kanan never finished that little sentence it was like, What? Yeah, so I thought the fact that
0: Kanan didn't he the fact that he did that Bailout didn't answer was a little little odd. Uh, mm-hmm. it should have been a red flag to Canaan. But then again, I mean in this era That's um, something
1: you go around saying just Yeah. I
0: mean even the fact that even called him out on it at all was kind right. of daring in many ways because right. uh, who would remember a Jedi saying or want to even yeah. evoke the name of the Jedi mm-hmm. uh, and, and of course um, I don't know maybe 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 can just want to keep it to himself uh, he he mentioned it but it's like well if he's not going to elaborate I don't want to press, pressure him yep. um, but I guess apparently according to 3PO he did not even know who Bale was he just thought he was some random guy. Um, in a very nice ship. In a very Ald- nice Ald- ship.
1: In all in, nice Ald- in Ald- colors.
0: Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, he, so he doesn't actually know who Bale was, which is very interesting. It means he doesn't he doesn't know that um, apparently Bale Organa has ulterior motives for mm. these rebels because the last line of the episode was. Uh, uh, The last scene is Bale talking to R2-D2 after C-3PO's left the the room. He wants to shut down. And uh, Bale says, you record everything, old friend? Good. We'll focus on the Imperials later. For now, show me what you have on your Rebels. So what do you think that means, guys? Because I think that's so cool.
1: Okay. So I think this means... I hope this means... At some point during this series, we will get to see the Corellian Treaty, which is, as you may or may not remember. Legends. Uh, yes. Yes, it's legends. But <laughs> it it only makes sense. So. Sorry. Please, ex- his- please, please explain. So, so history lesson. This is something that comes out of. And now it's time uh, for a history hot, lesson. <laughs> the original. With sorry, Stephen Stephen. AC- yeah, yeah. So many, many years ago, back before the Empire, actually it was during the Empire, before the rebel alliance, before the New Republic, before the Galactic Alliance, when the Empire's fist ruled all, um, I can't keep this up. Anyway, so I believe so this comes out of a couple of different places. Uh, it's in the Force Unleashed, um, with the place we probably most famously see it. Uh, we also say, see pieces of it in uh, the Thrawn trilogy. We see pieces of it in, uh, let's see, the AC Crispin Han Solo trilogy. Wow. Um,
2: so I think it it's all over the place. So it's all
1: over the place. And the idea okay. was, wh- it, they all try and answer this question of why is it called the Rebel Alliance? Or, the, uh, or like the Rebel Alliance to the restore the Republic or whatever, the full name. And the answer is that the, when the Empire started you know, squeezing its fist and doing bad things, rebellions were popping up everywhere system rebellions and of these rebellions there were three big ones there was the corellian rebellion which was led by garm Bel iblis mm-hmm. uh who would eventually leave the rebel alliance there was the alderanian rebellion which is a little more subtle than the others not quite as active uh active resistance but they were kind of leading in the senate led by our dear friend bail organa and there was the uh Chandrilin, chandrilla I know the planet, but I don't. Hmm. I don't know what the word is. Rebellion, which was led by Mon Mothma, and these three came together and decided, you know what? Let's pool our resources. Everything we've done, we're gonna we're gonna work towards a common goal, an alliance to restore the Republic. And so they signed the Corellian Treaty, which then uh, established the Rebel Alliance to fight the Empire. So that's what this is. And so what I'm hoping we're seeing is. Uh, as part of you know the process of founding this, you know Bail Leia are going around and talking to the different rebel groups under the guise of uh, diplomatic missions because you know in mm-hmm. order to form a rebellion you need to talk to everyone, and I'm hoping this is what Bail Organa is doing, and he's saying that you know what the, these rebels might be a group we want to recruit into the rebellion, this rebellion that hasn't been formed yet but will be soon.
2: Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling there's going to be there's going to be a shock when Bale looks at what R2 recorded because if R2 recorded all that stuff. He's going to see Jedi are still around because so R2 I, was outside and saw Ezra do that force push. And he recorded so, everything.
1: I actually don't think Bale is going to act on this yet.
2: No, I don't so, think so. Keep in
1: mind, what R2 is also seeing is a group that is selling these weapons to a black market dealer. Right. Despite the objections of one of their group, who is uh, very much in favor of destroying them because of their potential, mm-hmm. that's so, that's not a particularly noble act, which is what you would want in your rebellions. So mm-hmm. I feel like what we're actually going to see is Bale's going to say, you know what, they're not ready to be rebels. They're not part of. They're not ready to be part of a larger organization. Uh,
0: so okay, I, I think there's uh, an important point that we're we haven't brought up yet. Sure. Uh, and that's the. Why are R2-D2 and C-3PO there in the first place? Uh, now, maybe... Okay, so now that I think about it, maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal. But, um, you know, R2-D2 is recording everything. Maybe he's just always recording stuff. But it almost seems to me like Bale planted them there. Now, mm-hmm. it's, there there is one theory where you could say that, you know, their mission was to destroy the weapons, just mm-hmm. like uh, the crew of the Ghost was. And they right. just happened to run into the crew of the Ghost. Right. However, um, I don't know. I I wonder if almost Bale had heard uh, of this group somehow, and sent R sure. two to kind of fact finding um, mission. To kind of yeah, kind of almost interview them and see like how are they doing? Are they really? I,
1: I agree. Fighting
0: for the Alliance? I don't know.
1: And, and in, in that, that case, think- maybe
0: he is like planning big things for them in the future. That's the impression. Also, I,
1: I think I think both work. I think mm-hmm. he hears about you know a potential Jedi. And he's like, "Oh, a Jedi would be an amazing figurehead, like you know Star was, or yeah. will be, I suppose, for the rebellion." And what he sees is Kanan, who wants to sell weapons instead of use them to fight the Empire. Right. Like you look at Kanan in this episode, he's not particularly Jedi-like, as I was mm-hmm. saying earlier. I I I feel like. Bale is not going to be particularly impressed with that. You but don't look all, at, I wouldn't look at Kanan at this point and say, that's our rebel poster boy.
2: True. But remember, Bale did drop that Jedi line. So you could have said that he, he dropped that to get a reaction from Kanan.
1: No, that's also true. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think deep down, you know, Kanan really is
0: a Jedi. He's tried to hide it. And I get that impression also from a new Dawn. That's what I was
2: going to say yeah, as well. It, re- it really shows up in, in a new dawn that that's what he is trying to do. He's trying to hide it. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, Stephen, but as you read it's so on so bad.
1: I need to read.
2: I know. But as as you read on, I agree with you, William. He's definitely trying to hide it, but you can say he can't outrun it. He right. can hide, but he can't run it. And it's the same thing I, I think here.
1: A lot of this first season is going to be about Kanan becoming the Jedi. We know he's supposed to be right. I, Cause I don't, I don't see that yet, but I think, but I think we see the pieces that will be, that will let him become a, a real Jedi again.
2: Yep. I agree. You
1: know, we we have that, we have that message from Obi-Wan in the movie, you know, you know, go into hiding. Remember, remember your training, but go into hiding, you know, eventually there will become a time when you're ready to do that. And I feel like this is Kanan who. He, you know, and, and to use Yoda's famous—actually, I guess this isn't actually in the movies—but uh, you know, this idea that what you pretend to be, you often become. Kanan mm-hmm. has been pretending to not be a Jedi for so long that he has ceased to be a Jedi. And I think at some point we're going to see him realize that and take actions and steps to correct it. Yep. I hope. If if I we agree. don't see Kanan being a Jedi, I'm going to be very disappointed. But somehow you I should think.
0: read A New Dawn*. Yep.
1: I know. You need <laughs> a new Dawn get there eventually. So uh, one, one more thing, I, I, okay. I have to ask.
0: Yep. So obviously they they destroyed half the weapons, but we know the Zago got away with the other half. Mm-hmm. Do you think mm-hmm. these the the uh, these weapons, the existence of these disruptors, will play a role later
2: on in the series? As I've I, always said, as I've, I've always said. said, if you call if you call attention to something, you have to use it. They they've called it attention to the disruptor. He took half yeah, of them I, at I some point. Hope they're going nice. to come back.
1: Well, we, we hope. There's no guarantee.
2: Yeah, we hope. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I think uh, I'm hoping Rebels is a little more connected episode to episode than the Clone Wars was, since we're we're now always going to be following the exact same group of people. There won't be like one offs really where people aren't part of the episode. And I think I hope and expect that that will mean we get a slightly more consistent overarching storyline. Of mm-hmm. This rebellion.
0: Nope. I agree.
1: I agree. So I, I'm really I,
0: liking it so far. I can't wait to see yeah. where they where they take it.
1: Yeah. So as you may recall, I gave the first ep- the movie not not a poor review, but not particularly outstanding either. This mm-hmm. is what I wanted to see out of the first episode of Rebels. Kind of this to me was proof that they like the big problems of the first the movie were because they tried to make a movie, not because of any problem with the show. Mm-hmm. This, this, at, at least for the moment, and this is kind of weird to say since we have a sample size of one, but this is what I imagine Rebels to be. A half-hour show detailing a particular adventure of our Rebels. You know, maybe we go, we have a couple of the bigger episodes, but it's a half-hour, nice half-hour show following a single plot. In this case, you know, these stolen blasters and what happens. And then the next week we'll do another and another and, and so on. They, mm. This is this is the Rebels blueprint to me.
0: It, I, I agree. And since you summed that up so well, do you want to go first for the review?
1: I, was I say. will go first. Oh, okay. go ahead, Steven. So uh, my biggest issues with the premiere, horrible pacing, maybe not horrible. That's a little strong, poor pacing uh, and not letting moments breathe quite as much as they needed to. This episode did everything the, the movie did wrong. It did right. Like, you know, the scene in the ship, you know, watching them play out this plan, they let it go slow, they took their time, and it was really, really enjoyable to watch. Characters continue to be good. C-3PO was kind of hit or miss in this episode, but he is really my biggest complaint. Uh, And in the spirit of this being the kind of my quintessential Rebels episode, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. The, this is good enough, I'd watch it again. It's not blowing my mind yet, but... That's okay. If the show was just seven out of tens, I would be happy. To give you an idea, so now I have to think of what to do with my womp rats. A friend pointed out to me who was listening that I've been awfully mean to the womp rats lately. So maybe I'll do something nice. (laughs) That was the point. (laughs) That
2: was the point of this. That's that's why we do this.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Okay, you've convinced me to be awful. So (laughs) (laughs) there's a reason. Didn't take much
0: convincing.
1: I know. Shush. There's a reason Visago stole those ion weapons. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Zeb's people are not the only race that are about to be wiped out.
2: No. Oh. Wow. Yeah. See,
1: you asked for it. You wanted horrible. <laughs> you get horrible.
2: He's got a point, William.
1: That's right. We're talking about mass genocide now. He's got, a point. Now. <laughs> He's got uh, a point. It's funny. Okay, I feel awful now. I'm joking. Wow. They lived happily ever after. Visago feasted with them, and it was really fun. And then Hondo showed up for a surprise visit.
2: There you go.
1: (laughs) All right. I'll go next.
2: Uh Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I enjoyed the episode. The the best thing I got out of this episode was seeing Captain Rex. I'm just Uh very happy that Paul Rubens didn't do it in the actual Captain Rex voice. Although, to a certain extent, I was kind of expecting it, and it would have put me over the top on seeing him return, but I, I just, I love that whole Star Tours callback. That was just loved it every minute of it. I enjoyed the episode. Very well paced, very well acted again, voice acted wise. Um, I'm going to give it slightly better. I'm going to give it a 7.5. I think it's got a really good starting point to go from here and build forward. Um, I'm going to take my 7.5 Womp Rats, I'm going to put him in the. You know what? I'm going to be nice to them. I'm going to let them actually ride. No, with... you
1: can't be nice to them. I was going to be I nice to them, to... and then you guys convinced me not to. That's
2: oh. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my 7.5 Womp Rats, I'm going to put them behind the Star Speeder, and I'm going to have Captain Rex hit it and have him get fried as it takes off. That's... I'm sorry. I'm, I was so happy to see Captain Rex. I loved That's seeing fair. him. You know, maybe I that's love seeing my womp
1: rats. Okay, I take it all back. You can't I'm change the... it. No, no. I, you can't no, change I'm it. I it. can't change no. it. am no. already changing no.
2: No. it. No. i no. take my no.
1: seven Womp Rats and let them all ride Star Tours as much as they want. That is no, not a... Okay,
2: now wait a minute. To a certain extent, that could be torture because if they get the same <laughs> thing over and over and over and over again... That
1: is not the case. William and I re- rode Star Tours at Celebration 5. You can never ride original. Star
2: Tours too many times. Guys, exactly. Same thing, honestly. Same thing. You can never get tired of Star Tours. Small That's World, the... on the other hand. Sorry.
1: Anyway, William, what about William? You? You're up. So uh,
0: I'm gonna uh, continue this the slope that we have, and um, well, before I spoil my my score, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Oh my! Wait, we do math. Thoughts. I can do math, Does but. I love the inclusion of Bale. I think the potential there is so cool for, for future stories. And I'm really excited to see how the Rebel Alliance uh, grows. And, and like you said, you know, the Clone Wars was little um, stories here and there. And and with, with Rebels, we really don't know about the origins of the Rebel Alliance. There were stories in the EU. There are legends what exactly is canon? We're gonna find that out. So I'm really excited to see where things go. Um, and and yeah, the inclusion of of Rex was amazing, and w- the episode was not perfect, but I really really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna give it uh, eight Womp rats out of ten, and uh, my eight Womp rats are uh, gonna go um, run through the uh, the air ducts, as Womp rats do.
1: Okay. Are they going to hit fans? This has been a very boring episode for Womp Rats. What
0: no. Steven, you're the only one who hurt your Womp Rats. No, i The rest of the
1: kind the Womp Rats. No, I'm not. The Womp I rats mine... were all riding Star Tours and having fun. I don't know. I what you're put mine
2: about. behind the Star Speeder and let like, Captain Rex hit it, so they got fried. They yeah, didn't there get the shot. Tom them, was, was mean fried. to the
1: Womp Rats. How dare you? I was Tom. mean. I was
2: mean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Uh, I guess coming up on the next Ion Cannon podcast is going to be season one, episode two, the fighter fight. <clears throat> Sorry, let me try that again. Um, so, coming up on the next Ion Cannon podcast, it's going to be Rebels season one, episode two, fighter fight. Now, the synopsis for the episode that we have so far is while on an errand, Ezra and Zeb steal an imperial vehicle. You know, a lot can't these imperials lock stuff up anymore?
1: No, you just leave the keys in the ignition. Actually, sorry, that just speaking of fighters, that reminded me of one other thing I forgot to mention during our review. Uh, Another thing I was really happy to see with this episode is I was kind of worried after watching the movie that Hera would spend most of her time just sitting on the ghost, not really doing much. Uh, I was really glad to see her kind of get out and fight the walkers on her own.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because I felt like in the episode she and and in the last episode as well, she was mostly spending her
2: time with the ghost and I get that she's the pilot.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is is fine, but, but I, 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 sure t- like, I want to make sure we see her elsewhere. So, yeah.
2: Well, they have to do that because when you read New Dawn, she's basically out of the ghost most of the time in New Dawn.
1: One of these days, I'll get to it.
2: <laughs>
1: About the time Steven, we're reviewing we the season finale. We have to review
0: a New Dawn. We're okay. waiting the, on, on you.
1: I know. I'm going to call you time. out on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done before. About the time we get to the season finale of Rebel Season 5, I expect I'll have finished A New Dawn.
2: I would hope by that time you'll have Tarkin finished first. Or by Tarkin finished five, next. Uh,
1: well, I hope you'll talking. have
2: a lot of stuff finished by then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Anyway, I, I, I think we're uh, done for the all night. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, enough getting up on Steven. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, IonCannonCast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at IonCannonCast.com. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or their respective trademark or copyrights. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2014.